Our lives are defined by choices, ones made for us, those we make for ourselves and furthermore, those we go on to make for our kids. Each choice is a matter of opinion, opportunity and acceptance or the lack thereof. There's a constant tussle between opinion and explanations as we let the world weigh in. What ends up getting lost perhaps is probably the only opinion that should matter, the one that we make of ourselves. But there are a lot of us who don't have the space, the time or the people who allow us to be ourselves. If we're lucky, it's the family we choose that help us reimagine the possibilities and purpose of the choices we make and are happy to engage in the process and make it a joint effort. So there is uh, this lovely book by an English psychoanalyst and pediatrician whose name was Donald Winnicott and he's a legend in our field and uh, everyone should read Donald Winnicott. He taught me at least most of what I know about being a mother. And Donald Winnicott famously said that a child does not need a perfect mother. A child just needs a good enough mother, right? A child needs a good enough mother that can offer healthy, empathic failures to the child, right? A mom that is trying, but a mom who's not perfect. And that's pretty much what a child needs because it's when the mom offers failures in empathy, small failures in attunement. It's also when the child learns that the mom is a separate being. The mom is not that omni, you know, that omnipotent yeah. thing under my control yeah. that will always be perfect and, you know, fret over being perfect. But a mother is a human. A mother is a good enough human that's trying and that's fumbling and that's getting there. And then the child develops their own capacities as well. But I think that's there in it's there only in textbooks in the lived reality i find myself included there is a massive fear of bungling up and i realize more and more that my mom didn't have that fear my grandmom didn't have that fear their wiring towards raising children was okay i will provide the basics love will be enough the basics will be enough and then the child comes with their own uh, you know, internal machinery to make what they have to of themselves in the world, which again is what Winnicott says that you don't need to engineer a child. You just like with a plant, you just need to have enough sunshine, a little bit of water here and there, a good enough environment. And then the plant has its own will to grow, to nurture, to, you know, to, to, to reach up. But I feel like in our day and age, Raising a child is such a project. I think so much of our own narcissistic investment goes into raising a child and who that child is. I remember asking when I was maybe when I was seven or eight months pregnant, I remember telling my father, said, Papa, kaise hoga ye? Matlab, how am I going to bring up a child? Matlab, kaise main usko that, I think that was my line or something. And he just looked at me and said, Beta, bachche pal jate. And I was like, what? What do you mean, bachche pal jate? <laughs> only a man could say it. Uh, but what he meant was that he had seen children only grow up in communities, travel between different hands, and nobody making raising a child a project, right? So mothers taking so much of the heavy weight in terms of what kind of values the child will have, what kind of music the child will listen to, what kind of books the child will read, what kind of behavior the child will have at this this particular time, what kind of sensibilities a child will have. So I think that modern motherhood also comes with 
the curation of a person and that again ties back with the hyper individualistic uh, angst that we all carry being a person is a project so being a mum is a project raising a particular kind of child not just raising a child i think our mums and our grandmums just had to raise an army of children and what they turned out to be was largely on them and on the community perhaps but for us i think there is so much personal investment there is a lot of projection of our unlived lives sometimes and i think that's also where the uh, the fear of judgment comes from because i so actively want my child to be a certain way in a in a good way you know to reflect the best of what i would like my child to be of in this world and i think that's what fuses motherhood with so much anxiety it's it's so much of who jahan is feels like an exam for me sometimes is he extroverted enough he's not at all extroverted he's such an introvert he only wants to sit and play in the grass while all the other kids play with themselves and that worries me so much mm. but i'm reminded of khalil gibran's poem from the prophet that you know your children are not your children they're the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself they come from you but they don't belong to you and that's so much unlearning for me that jahan is not my project i can give jahan the soil the sunlight the water and then he's going to have his own will to grow the way he needs to the person he wants to be and it's reminding me of something that priya had mentioned the other day about her son how you know there is this fear about how there are some things that he does so wonderfully well so much that he does so wonderfully well that that a lot of her parenting now is about just withdrawing you know just just not messing up with his intrinsic and organic will to be who he is and i think that's so refreshing because all you see about parenting is do this do that and not just remove the barriers in the child's way and the child will grow to their full capacity and i feel like sometimes that can also remove the anxiety from mums right that your child is going to be who they're going to be there's you can't really screw them up or make them beyond a point so maybe we need to take off the glasses of our narcissism and our uh, you know omnipotence there think maybe yeah and you know that's why i wonder when would our kids stop being our trophies i think that while a previous generation had the benefit of a community so we move from one aunt to the other uncle to one didi to other didi and we grew up like that i think as uh, we've however we've also been trophies to our fam as for our families right we've been trophies for our or families trophies. for our parents or or not trophies or, or I not was, yeah, right? i was so, not like yeah. i i have lawyer and doctor and Exactly. Engineers. Yeah, what do you do, yeah, do right? Yeah, what do you do? Oh, but I married an engineer, so yeah. You know. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> okay. there's a little bit of a tick mark there. Yeah. Right. And and uh, we just we just continue that cycle, but in a different package, right? The earlier the yeah. the thing was, what are you going to grow up and be? Our parents were most invested in that, even if they were not invested in our emotional and uh, well-being or our psychological needs they were probably invested instinctively so in our uh, you know in our providing education for example that was such a career path. career path career suggestions and you know figure out what you want to do in life mm. uh, uh, now the packaging is different now it is you do what you want to do but i'm going to watch over you anyways right and and yeah. and so our presence which is why i was coming in from a space like do we need to stop i mean yeah. do you do we need to start having different kind of conversations with ourselves about our children and our, about ourselves 
should we oh, talk yes, about yeah. ourselves to ourselves differently so when you say priya that you know i've put out something and i've sort of put away the judgment that comes from it it's a it's a work in progress mm-hmm. i'm learning to do that because i don't think we talk to ourselves about ourselves very kindly yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh we are not kind to ourselves we are very judgmental and critical of everything we are doing so we end up being like that with other mothers and other people uh Absolutely. it it is how our almost like a we are wired to be critical to be uh, so vigilant of ourselves because we belong to a culture and you know the middle class where ek galti bhi bhari pad sakti hai you know we've heard that right don't make the wrong financial investment don't marry the wrong guy don't take up the wrong career so we have always been extremely careful of everything we've done and we constantly keep checking ourselves and the conversations we have with ourselves is about checking ourselves and our kids and so it takes a lot to say to yourself that if somebody comments on your hair for example and why am i not put together uh while i'm taking ter- care of two kids i'm learning to say that i didn't have time for this today or if i'm reaching school gate for taratosh school gate late 10 minutes late and if a teacher says please get your children on time i'll say things were very different in my house today I'm, i wish i could tell you what that was like or if i am reaching a party late where i've been called for a birthday party the cake is cut everything's done my kids reach cranky they're not eating anything they're just shouting and running around i'm learning to say uh without taking blame and without blaming my kids i'm learning to say thanks for accommodating us today i know we are all over the place but that's really how we are today I'm learning to say that this does not come easily to me because that's not what my mother did that's not what any other grown-ups did when they got caught doing the not so good things or when they got when they got questioned with are aapki beti aise kaise kapde pehen kar ja rahi hai aur aapka beta ye padhai kyun nahi kar raha hai they the best our parents could do was talk to us and yeah. put that pressure on mm. us so while yeah. the community provided our parents with that bacche bade ho jayenge scene uh, it did put pressures on us as kids Absolutely. growing up in that environment and therefore we started to think when i will be a parent i'm going to do it differently and when we became parents however different that reality was we started to recreate spaces of 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 community for us of of that you know of a space where we can put something out with a picture and we will get an empathetic response we started to learn to accept that so once we can if we can shift so much and learn to accept what is different from our reality or what we had imagined our reality is different from our imagined thoughts we can also perhaps learn to talk to ourselves about ourselves differently i think that is so important for us because when i meet mothers and when i meet parents in my work when i'm in 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 a therapist client relationship with them they are treating their children and themselves and their whole parenting as a project we are reaching the being with a lot of conversations and much later in that work because we keep mm-hmm. coming back to the doing right and our minds are so sharp right the 
the good enough parent, the idea or the concept of a good enough parent, that also we have equated with how how much we are doing. It is come down to the doing. It is come down doing, to not yeah. the being, the good enough being or being good enough because that, Bakul, requires the work of the individual. That requires sitting with the, with, with your demons, with your bullshit, with your your irritation of your own self and towards the world. So, like you said, Priya, picking up the phone and calling people for support or seeking help in therapy or seeking couples therapy or going out and asking for specific help for your child. It's all okay. It's all okay. I think it's so interesting that we've literally been leading these lives where there's so much commonality of thought and the whole concept of conscious parenting has nothing to do with the children. Like this podcast is not about our kids in any way. It's just about knowing that mothers, I think, I feel like you both are therapists and you both get have therapy sessions for yourselves as well. But a lot of <laughs> mothers are very like, you know, when you say mental health and you say therapy, is there something wrong with me? You know, and it's not that. I think I want mothers to realize that I don't get therapy for myself. My husband keeps saying that you should go to therapy. You should go to therapy because he has a he has a Priya, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, see, you're getting therapy and you need help and all of that. And And now more and more I understand that we just don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable because we don't allow ourselves to fix ourselves because you don't want to think that there's anything wrong. You don't want to believe that there's anything wrong. You know, you guys have training, but like the average mother who is probably is rationalizing things in her own head and is like, I shouldn't say any of this to anyone. And what if they get to know that I go to therapy? Or what does that say about me? And all that says, really, is that you are willing to better yourself. My husband always says, Apna mask pehle lagao. That's the rule of life. Be strong enough to help someone else if you are strong and if you are fortifying yourself and if you are doing things to help yourself that's the greatest learning for children that I must do whatever it takes and ask for as much help as I need I just want to say that for me and for a lot of people I work with, therapy is not a space to feel better or stronger and not broken. Therapy is a space, actually a space to say, I am broken. No, and still I, have yeah, somebody who'd yeah, yeah. say, okay, okay, which part of you feels broken? Right. What part of you feels like that? Can we talk about that? I'm willing to listen, right? And I might not come out of the session feeling less broken. Mm, I still absolutely. might feel broken, but I'm okay being broken. I'm Accepting myself as a broken and a flawed person, that then takes off the pressure off me and my kids to be perfect, you know, to make mistakes. And so then the apology also 
helps because I'm like, oh, you know what? I messed up, Taratosh. Yeah. Yeah. Today I just messed up. I didn't know what was happening to me. I think I sat down and thought about it. Yeah. I realized I was so frustrated, and I took it out on you. So I'm sorry I did that. Can we start all over? Can we try having fun again? Can we try doing this again? Can we sit down with your homework again? Yeah. And this time I'll try harder not to yell. Yeah. And when I feel that's coming up for me, I'm going to go take a walk, right? So I'm not actually moving towards. the other spectrum of health and happiness and 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 non brokenness through therapy what i'm doing is i'm i'm just finding a witness and then allowing myself giving myself permissions for so many things that i wait other people to give me permission for now i'm learning to give myself permissions i'm learning to say to myself you know what i'm it's okay I messed up. Yeah. It takes a lot of courage to say that. It takes a lot of uh support to be able to say that. So coming back to what we are talking about as a community also, I when I was talking earlier about finding a community where there is music and there is we're sitting and we're chilling, I'm also saying that that yeah. that community is is accepting of of that which is still not perfect which will never be perfect mm. which will continue to be flawed because it's human like i remember god of getting really 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 upset because a friend of ours in the what we had as a parent community took it for granted that all all dads don't do anything so had passed like some side, sort of comment and he to this day has not been able to get over it get over it he's like how can she think that i am not involved i may not like time may, may be you know much less than what you spend with the kids but he took it as such an affront that how can you just think that all men will leave their kids and are not bothered and you know and leave it to the moms to do everything and i said that you know i have said that repeatedly that he is a very involved dad but then you realize that you'll surround yourself with people who you won't feel judgment you'd rather be with people who don't have kids because then there's no comparison there's no and everyone is like oh you guys are such and then there's only like positive reinforcement you know they don't know any better yeah so that's what i've realized and then it's always good to know and i think for anyone who is listening or who happens to listen to this is that you have to have those conversations with the other parents like if you do have a parental mm-hmm. community you have to be able to break down those barriers and actually talk about like within your friends that you may be doing it this way and this may be your reality it's different for us and it works differently my partner and i have a very different relationship our equation is different you cannot judge all men or all women and i think the one thing we all have in common are extremely supportive partners and this is where I, a lot of mommy groups will be that oh you know my husband doesn't do anything i want to this is not one of those spaces our husbands do a lot and sometimes take on the lion's share of that and so you ah. have to realize that community first 
and the choices you make also start with your partners and how that dynamic changes and that's the first step in community for a mother that's that's your first like how do you deal with just the change of bringing somebody new like this is a whole new human he may look like you and you may feel this you know in dolphins re- release when you hold the baby and all of that but that will dissipate and then you have to figure out the truest form of that village is your partner and how to deal with that and then it moves to you know your form of a mary or support that comes from from the outside or grandparents or parents and all of those so you have to see that you have to acknowledge your journey and then the journeys of everybody else and be okay with saying that if there's un- someone with a misconception you're not right you don't know what my reality is so don't draw conclusions i actually have an interesting anecdote here for all of my harping about community for all of my oh my gosh i lost my parents and i don't have a community i have to share this that when i was planning my delivery um for about 2 months before i actually delivered uh my husband nikhil and i decided that uh, actually it was largely my decision i wanted nobody around during my delivery i wanted nobody in bangalore i wanted this to be a very intimate time for nikhil and i i wanted no help no uh in-laws no not a, I mean, not my parents not his no one of course in the hospital but also no one at home i didn't want to come home with you know not figuring out how to breastfeed crying not knowing how to soothe my infant but also something very new happening for my partner and i a very new experience very new intimate experience in our lives and i didn't want that early time that i wanted as a cocoon for my partner and i to be intruded on by anybody is not the people we love i mean not even by the people we love the most so for all of this kind of you know talk about a community i i do agree that the partner is the first community uh and in the interest of that uh it was more about who stays out rather than who stays in right the only person who was allowed to stay in was my partner and this decision did not go down well at all with either of our parents because everyone expected to be there to help right and i i didn't think that what they would add as wonderful as both sets of parents were i didn't think that it would be help the only kind of help that you can offer to a person post delivery is just practical help can i cook for you can i make the bottle of formula can i whatever otherwise you're just having to take care of people around you and when we communicated this to both of our parents to this day it continues to be something that uh, riles them up uh, i think ultimately my parents didn't see my child and my in-laws remind me that it's because i didn't want anyone in and that's the reason my parents never saw my child so it's it's still something that uh, hasn't gone down well but it's the best decision that my partner and i took for ourselves the quiet the privacy the silence the intimacy that we got in the chaos of birth uh, is something that i would do over and over again even if i knew that i would lose my parents you know a month later i would still make that same decision because for my sanity it was important who's in but also who's out 
was an equally important uh, decision. And uh, I think that this whole aspect of who our partners are, I don't think that there is anything as perfect or even a good enough kind of partner. I think there was a, there's a constant negotiation, realignment of values. I think even the most perfect couple, the one thing that kind of explodes in your face, both your differences on every value is having a child. You know, how you feed, what you feed, which school they go to, what books they read, all your differences that you were somehow able to come together with when you were just a couple, explode in your faces when you were, you know, when you become parents. And I think that that happened to me as well, even though I, I do believe that Nikhil and I are each other's primary community, but never before in the history of our relationship have we not seen eye to eye on so many so many things. But I think that we were able to align on some basic fundamentals that we would want paid support because we don't we don't have access to a parental village or whatever. Neither of us was willing to give up on our more solid identities of work. So we would need full-time help. We were aligned on that. We were aligned on the kind of person we wanted coming into our house to be our child's caregiver in our absence. We were aligned on the fact that in order to be sane parents and for whatever we went through, we wouldn't be going down the breastfeeding route. We would we would pump and we would formula because and that meets that that allows us to do other things that make us sane and good enough parents. Uh, but these core choices, but what they took was a lot of conversation, a lot of dialogue. And I do want to say that with every age, I think that dialogue has changed. And what I feel, uh, I think for as Nikhil was very good with the hands-on stuff. He was very good with the practical stuff. You know, he was great with diapers, great with feeding, great with spending time with Jahan. What I find now is that our differences in the way we were raised uh, by our parents are really starting to show up now as we raise Jahan as a toddler. Nikhil was sent to boarding school at the age of five. I grew up with my parents with a very, very loving, involved set of parents. Nikhil didn't. Nikhil didn't spend enough time, too much time with his parents. He went to Nenital at five and he only came back for summer vacation. So for him, attachment is very different. For me, attachment is very different. The What spending time with your child means for me and what spending time with your child means for him are very, very different. And that's what we're now kind of trying to negotiate on. He thinks that at the moment, that when he comes back from work at eight, the half an hour, one hour that he can spend with Jahan is enough. For me, that is not enough at all because my father was super, super, super involved. He had so much time for us. And I felt like those were the building blocks of our relationship. And at the moment, Nikhil's a weekend dad because his work is just like that. So I want to say that even partners with whom your core values are aligned, sometimes life circumstances, sometimes differences in upbringing can really kind of derail you in that kind of alignment. And I'm, that's definitely where we are. I would like Jahan to spend more time with Nikhil and Nikhil thinks that I think he's doing as much as he can. But uh, in the absence of a community, in the absence of a family community, I wish Nikhil was around more as Jahan's primary community. But that's again, that's something we are dealing with. That's again something we're grieving, accepting and making the best of. So I think that too has its phases. 
I don't know where to start from. I just want to say that I am turning into the parent that I really didn't want to be. <laughs> I am that parent which I my parent that I didn't want to be is what I'm turning into and no therapy can cure me from it. What uh, why I'm bringing that up is because you're right Bakul when when we start to see how we were brought up differently and how it stands out more as you become a parent and and it's constant conversations constant sitting down and having fights sometimes allowing fights to happen normalizing fights uh saying that we do fight saying that we have differences and that uh even a 20 year old partnership in itself cannot provide all the right answers because it's all about going with it it is so much about going with it however much you might prepare like i said knowing is very different from going through it from experiencing it i know that a lot of couples today go for you know for classes for example where where, where they'll be taught how to do certain things during the first few months of parenting uh, i remember romit and i consciously decided to not go any for any of such classes I didn't read many books. I just uh I I I later would think oh I should have read this and I should have prepared and maybe Romit and I should have gone for this class or that class and we are so ill prepared so so underprepared being generally being hard on how I should have been better and done better and Romit should have learned this and we should have learned to do this and that. I think of it differently now. Now when the kids are older, I'm learning to see this as as we are we are doing our best. Because we were raised with by very different parents. Involvement then meant something very different. Right? Being providing as a parent meant something totally different then. And now we have very f- little framework because we want to do things differently but it is a hard bit to figure out your your changing relationship with your partner after having kids and to see them as the community as the gateway to what lies beyond and to see them as your 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 partner where you guys are doing things together because the idea that of togetherness we have learnt is also very different from what togetherness is it it's different from okay togetherness means doing a lot of things together being with each other aligning on everything sometimes i'm doing things even when i don't want to as a parent because it's okay for my partner you know my partner wants it like that my partner thinks that this is okay to yeah. do it like this and i'm sure he's doing it the same for me like when i'm yelling it's not okay with romit it's not fine with him but i am i'm he's letting me just vent it out maybe or just figure it out with shouting and then go apologize to the kids he's learning to see it like that like my way right so it's so new i mean i i hope we can survive this i hope we can you know see this through because right now all of it feels like we are on a very fast train or something and i think that's why i said that your partners their first point of community because they've had complete different life experience like my my husband has no childhood memories like you blocked it out i am like how can you i remember the color of you know the walls in my house when i was 2 years old and stuff like that and 
and then you have to reconcile that to how you are as parents and how it's going to be for your children and so it's that it's that give and take like a little bit of you know you do a little bit of me and i'll do a little bit of you know what works for you and we have to figure out a way that we do this together without messing up like the life of this one child who's completely coming to you as a blank slate and i think for a long time we kept saying is this you is this me is this you know like we're like where is this coming from and then finally we just sat back and more so with our second child because she's nobody she's just aisha she's 100% unadulterated aisha we cannot find any similarities to how we were as children and take credit for that and you know the good bits are you and the bad bits are me and you know and so aisha has decompressed our relationship and then for us to be like it's coexistence this is that first point of contact where your child also learns the art of co- coexistence and dialogue and the need for that and the fact that you're going to live in a world with really different people who've had really different life experience and the only way to get through that is to keep lines of communication open and whether it's screaming and shouting and yelling and things but it's also realizing that at all points in time you need to be able to just communicate and sometimes it's communication in silence like i will not talk to you for 10 days because you and then they realize that and mm-hmm. i i feel like people put their relationship aside a lot especially in the beginning when you have a child that you know it's very practical it's very like functional parenting becomes very functional like diapers and and uh, bedtime and all of those and then i'm like yeah but you're not learning to live with that other person and you're not learning what it is like to bring another person into this and and then what what is the dynamic when you have a second child what is their dynamic and how they are feeding off of your dynamic and then there's so many various levels and i feel like people forget to talk about that like parents forget to talk about that i remember uh, after i had ishan my husband went through like postpartum depression and i felt like and i could see it happening and i felt like shit he doesn't have anyone to talk to about this and i'm loving this experience and i think he was grieving the loss of a life that he had conjured up in his head and i could see that happening to him and so we started entertaining so we entertain a lot and i just said that call any like we can't go out with a baby but we can put that baby to bed so we've had like really regimented Absolutely. timelines which is why i lose my shit after 6:30 because that's dinner and bedtime and you know my day is done and we've lived that life in order to accommodate our lives as individuals also and i think that's something 
a lot of parents lose sight of. You can figure it out together as well. And then your partner feels seen or you feel seen, you know, that, okay, fine, there is someone who's getting that this has been a huge change for me. And while it hasn't been a change physically, I do acknowledge and I completely understand what women go through because it's physical and mental and all of that. But I think it happens a lot for men and women take that for granted. And because I saw my partner, the reality of putting one facet of your life aside and taking on this role and the feelings of pressure, those also end up affecting your dynamic as a couple and then like it very often like I you're blaming your partner for this that you you know you got me into this I think as mothers we also need to realize that that you have to give the same you know everything the understanding that you afford yourselves and you hope that other people give you you have to give that to your partner and that's where and of course be able to you know keep that dialogue open and say that it is a mutual thing like sometimes you will see me you know spiraling out of control and give me that space to spiral and handle things on the side and I think that's where a lot of women are like oh I'll just take it all on. You don't need to, but you need to give. You need to make space for your partner while both of you have made space for your child. But I think that is what new parents struggle with the most. And because Aisha was born at midnight, there was nobody there. It was not that we didn't want, but there was nobody there. Like nobody stayed hung around till midnight. And it was the most special experience because it was just the two of us. And so like when you said that that was a conscious decision, I was like, wow, you know, that's such an amazing thing to be that in attune with each other's needs. And because I didn't do that with Ishan. And we had, you know, quite the regular thing of people flooding in and stuff. But it was so peaceful with Aisha. Everything was quiet. And we got to spend that time together and figure stuff out. So I really, really understand those kind of things that put yourself first. Yes, figure yourself. But then with your partner, you need to figure out a way to put those needs above those of your children in many ways, because that's their first point of seeing how interpersonal relationships work. That's their first lessons on the world. As much effort that goes into mothering and being there for your child, you have to realize that there is a new being in terms of the new father and the new mother who are learning this and the long rope that you give your child because they are taking their baby steps you have to afford to your partner and that realization that this is a completely new role for all three involved that's a new person these are two new identities and give each other the space yeah yeah i you know i also think that it's different for different couples priya for some couples they see coming in of a, of a child 
as an opportunity to allow shifts in their relationships, in their relationship with their partner. Uh, it's an opportunity to re-establish certain things or re-imagine certain experiences and being with each other. For some individuals, it's a stage in life. For some couples, it could be that we're going to do this for five years. We won't probably pay too much attention to each other and that's fine. And it works for them. Mm. I think it becomes harder for individuals like us who want to re-establish and relearn and unlearn and relearn and things like that. I think it becomes harder because we don't have examples of of what we want to do. We don't we don't know what that looks like. We don't know particularly what having open communication really looks like. We know it should be there, but we don't know what it looks like. So we keep going with the trial and error. It's okay to stop at some point and say it's getting too much for us, even as a couple. We probably don't want to re-establish and reimagine and do things differently. It's fine. I'm going to do it just like my mother did and I am going to do just like my father did. I have that roadmap. I think it's okay to say that that's also fine. And while I'm saying that, what I also want to hear from those who are doing it their way is that if you want to try it differently, please go ahead and do it. What I don't want to hear from people is that this is too much. You're, you're just too much. You're too involved. You, you both are doing things too differently. And I'm learning to say, yeah, because we want it that way. If you don't want it that way for yourselves or yourselves as a couple or yourself as a family, that's also okay. It's just that we might not be able to hang together then. Maybe, you know, uh, stuff like that. So, so I am seeing that I am willing to create space for those who want to do it one way. But are people who, who are doing it the same way for what generations have done before, are they willing to make space for me and my partner doing this differently? And I don't get that. And that's where I'm stuck at. Just don't tell me I am too different or we are too different or you're trying too hard. Keep it simple. You know, all these things that we hear, keep it simple. Tumne zada sikha apne ko. Tum bohat kitabe lete ho. तुम बहुत चीजों के बारे में सोचते हो बहुत वीडियो गेम्स खेल रहा है आपका बच्चा सो देयर इज यू नो नाउ वी हैव एन एलिमेंट ऑफ द स्कूल एंड द टीचर्स एंड द एडल्ट्स फ्रॉम दैट स्पेस आल्सो कमेंटिंग ऑन हाउ वी आर डूइंग दिस राइट सो दैट इज अनदर एब्सोल्युटली डिफरेंट स्पेस टू नेविगेट राइट लाइक द अदर डे आई वाज रशिंग बिटवीन आई थिंक आई आई शेयर्ड and i didn't want to be late 8 o'clock is the time and i think i was a couple of minutes late so i am i asked tosh to walk ahead i gave him his bag got off the car gave him his bag he started to walk i'm walking tara is right behind trying to fiddle with his ba- her bag and take it properly and while she's doing that and i'm walking faster she has a fall and she falls and i try to reach up reach back to hold her and there's a mother who's walking past and say aapko apne bacche ka haath pakad kar chalna chahiye and i didn't have anything 
to say at that time because anyway i was dealing with a child that was that had fallen now that is a very sensible advice to give i should be holding my daughter's hand yes there is a should there but what you don't know is i have another child who's walking up ahead right so my first instant reaction was irritation and anger i felt very bad felt judged but then i had to remind myself this woman doesn't know my story she doesn't know there's another kid walking up ahead is she willing to see that i don't know that's not my bit to figure out but those who are willing to see this i hope they can be more accepting of people doing things differently and not have to comment on that because that's the last thing we want we do not want comments we do not want someone saying you're doing too much or too differently i think we need somebody saying okay this is how you want to do it i don't know how you guys do it but works for you it's fine as you were sharing your story i you know for a moment i imagined myself just standing apart from the lived experience of being a mother really just being in the body of the mother and being in this room and i was able to for a moment see things from a distance and i realized that being parents raising children there there's few things in society that can be landmines fraught with so much ground for judgment as parenting i think nothing polarizes people the way raising a child uh, and the way being parents can you know the way everyone has advice on what people should do even people who are not parents everyone i mean somehow everyone has gyan on this aspect and and everyone does it differently it's it's very rich it's very very colorful but there's something very very base instinct in all of us something very primitive in all of us that pulls this this aspect of judgment uh, both for others in how they're doing it and uh, and for ourselves and uh, i'm i'm reminded of when jahan was 15 months jahan uh, you know he was playing with this I'll, i'll get to the background but he was playing with this tall lamp that we have in our house it shouldn't have been there but uh, it was and the glass lampshade decided to come loose and that lampshade in his shaking in the 3 seconds that he was shaking it decided to fall on his head and it crashed on his head there was glass all over the house there was glass all over his head he was red covered in blood 15 month old and he shrieked right where were nikhil and i we were right there we were right there our reaction time was just not quick enough we probably hadn't handed over to the other partner we were both switched off right we thought the other is jahan and the other is watching jahan we hadn't we hadn't communicated that we didn't have a nanny that day so that was a greater cause for shame because she she goes off on the weekends and so weekends is us and the child was left to our care the first time not the first time well it's a weekend and we messed up he was rushed to the hospital he his his head was shaved he had to go through surgery he got multiple stitches on his head and nose needless to say it was it was brutal it was very very traumatic i i do okay in hospitals because i work in hospital settings so i had my bearings i was able to communicate calmly i was okay but my my husband was he was completely distraught he hadn't seen blood like that he hadn't seen the child in pain 
later on when we i mean jahan was fine in 2 hours he was playing he was back to doing somersaults in 2 hours shilna just eerily resilient uh, that way but later on when we decided to have a conversation about what happened our base instinct was obviously blame the other but we knew it had to be more complex and more layered than that you know it wasn't as simple as you didn't see him no it was your turn you know something had gone wrong in between the way both of us communicate in way between the both of the way both of us coordinate the way we are around jahan and we were actually willing after we had processed our own trauma and pain of watching our child get grievously injured the conversation that we had the first thing was are we terrible parents are we ready for this were we ready to i mean did we just have a child not realizing what is going to take is it as simple is it is the narrative as polarized and simple as good parent bad parent what really happened so after we had processed you are the problem i'm the problem we are bad parents we are good parents after the easier more base black and white judgments were done and we taken them out of our system we actually sat down and looked at what happened we were both exhausted because we're not used to being with jahan the whole day we both work and the nanny takes care and we come back and we get our little time with jahan so this was the first time we were both taking care of him it was the first year of my mom's death anniversary and anniversary reactions are hard both of us were very low it was 11th of june both of us were very very low our energies were low we weren't quite there that lamp needed to be removed and we'd been talking about it but nobody really took it away it was in between transition where i sat down i had been with jahan for 3 hours after a play date i was just sitting down and telling nikhil now you watch him in that transition the transition was unsaid but expected to be understood that's when we couldn't catch up with his reaction time right but i guess what i'm trying to say with bringing in this very very traumatic incident is that judgments are perhaps the laziest form of opinion right judgments from outside judgments from inside that it's your fault my fault good bad better way nicer way very the laziest form of opinion and i think once we've gotten those out of our system listening sitting down to really listen to each person's context and each person's story is is perhaps what a community is built of what witnesses compassionate witnesses in the community are made of whether in our own houses or whether outside uh nuanced stories stories that aren't told stories that we have to dig you know to find a little more layers and complexity in stories that have exceptions you know what were we what are we doing well as parents you know where are points at which you know you you were there we're not so bad so what about exceptions what about stories that are not told not heard and i think ultimately for me a community is the one where stories can be told retold rescripted reheard with compassion in a way that are uh, they're preferred to be told so the community i select for my child is the one that will enrich the story and also be compassionate witnesses to the story so no we weren't bad parents we had a terrible day we could have done some things differently we could have communicated better in the transfer of power and that's a better story than you know the lazy judgment that comes from outside and from inside so yeah that was my story wonderful way to just sign off the idea behind this is to change the narrative to tell a different story to make those unheard voices just come to the fore but this is also what's real and these are stories of lives that have been lived 
my takeaway from today's conversation is perhaps that as we grow into the new identities that come along with parenthood maybe it would be nice for us to step away every once in a while from the expectations and judgments we have for each other and just appreciate the joys that come along with creating our own little worlds where acceptance comes along with the territory that sacred space where all of us have the freedom to express and explore our truest selves as we get older if you have stories that you'd like to share or conversations that you'd like to start reach out to us we're on instagram at mommy mixtape that's m o m m y m i x t a p e